we're talking about how to have the faith of God, and this is week number eight. So how far, how long will we go? I, you know, I think I could probably teach on faith forever because I got to tell you, this book is full of faith. It's just all, it's just faith, 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 right? And so we must learn how to walk by faith, how to live by faith. And we said this, we said faith is the medium of exchange in the kingdom of God in the same way that money is the medium of exchange in the world's system, right? If you want to live in a house, you're going to pay rent, you'll pay a mortgage for your apartment, you pay for your car, this, all this stuff, food, it's the medium of exchange. But in the kingdom of God, everything's been provided for you already, but how you seize hold and lay hold of all of it is through faith. So we started last week talking about what faith is, and we're going to continue on because this is a big subject, and, and I want you to believe God for utterance because so many believers, they, they really think they're in faith, and they're not, and, and we know that because if a little pressure comes or if things don't work out the way they think they should, immediately they're starting to go, well, now, wait a minute. God, why aren't you moving? Why did you not do this? And why did you not do that? And I'm here to tell you tonight, God never makes a mistake. Amen. If, if, there's, if there's a kink in the system, it is never him. Amen. Right? If he said it, it is truth. It's not subject to change. If it's not, if you're not laying hold of what he said is yours, don't look at him because he's never withholding. He's, he's already given you everything. You don't have to persuade him to give you anything. He's already given it to you. It's a matter of now of you laying hold of what he's already given you. And it's exactly, it's exactly how you got saved. You had to believe what he said that he sent his son, died on a cross for your sins, that he rose from the dead and is seated alive in heaven today, right now, right? And you must, you must act on that. Not only believe that, but then act on that and commit your life to it to where you go, okay, Lord, I know now you are Lord of all, but now I'm also I'm, I'm declaring you are my Lord. And you had to believe you received to lay hold of salvation. It had already been given to you. And that's the way everything is in God. So let's talk about faith tonight. What is faith? You know, we have some problems with this in our circles. Now, in a lot of circles, people don't even hear much about faith. But in our circles, we hear a lot about faith and we start to micromanage things or we start to think we really know something, so we no longer take the time to meditate in these scriptures. And what happens is we know them in our mind, but we really don't have revelation. So we've got to really look to the word. So trust God as we're going through this, we're going to take our time that all of a sudden some lights will go on in your life to where you're like, okay, you know, I could, I could make this adjustment and that adjustment. And, and, you know, even as I'm talking right now, 
I mean, I'm just on, down on the inside of me, you know, there's some things stirring. Don't let the outside, what's going on in your life, ever define what God's word says. Because this is what's tripping people up. They're looking, they're like, I've been believing God for this, and it's not happening. Why, God? What, what are you, why aren't you moving in my life? They immediately default to God doing something or withholding, or, and, and it's never him. Right? There's not one person who's ever went home to be with the Lord that when they were standing before him, they're like, hey, Jesus, I need to talk to you. Because, you know, I was kind of mad at you because you just didn't move in my life. Right? Do you know every believer who went home early because of sickness and disease? The second they were standing before the Lord, they're like, wow. Right? There's a lot of people that are walking around heaven going, oh. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I see that now. Right? Well, let's do that here right? So that we lay hold of everything. So what is faith? Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at verse 1. Now this is another definition of faith. It is not the only definition, right? We've talked about faith as a lifestyle. Faith pleases God. Faith is how you receive everything from God, right? Faith never wavers, never wavers. You know, time will test faith, but faith will never waver with time. Because faith is now. So if you're in faith and you believe you receive something, you know you've seized hold of it. And you'll never waver from that unless you start looking at other things other than the word and you let go of it, right? So let me make this statement. It's a statement I heard years ago, and it's absolutely the truth. You have never met anyone, any human being, that has ever got in faith and stayed in faith where you did not see what they ceased hold of through faith. You, you will always see it in their life. Every time. If somebody's not laying hold and you don't see it, it has to be because somewhere they let it go. Now be careful with that though because Jesus never put any time constraint on this, right? So, so we've got to get to the point where we are no longer moved from the outside circumstances. We are moved by what we believe and what we believe is what God says. Okay? So let's, let's look at this real quick. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We're going to take our time here because some lights will go on as we just go through this. I like that. Somebody just said they're already on. That's good. That's good. And, and so what happens with this is that light will get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Amen? That's really good. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. 
well, man, pastor, we don't even need to talk anymore about that. That's simple to understand, right? Now, faith, I mean, you should see your faces, what? <laughs> faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Got it? All right, we're good. I guess we could close. No, 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 we need to slow down, and we need to make this make sense, okay? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? Faith is the evidence of things that you cannot see. Faith is the evidence of things you cannot see. So let's break this down. The first three words are very key. Now faith is. Faith is always now. It's not in the future. It's now. Okay? So keep that in mind. Now faith is the substance that, that word substance means now faith is the confidence or the realization of things hoped for, hoped for. Hoped for is a little vague to us because in life, if you're single, you hope you meet the man or the woman that you're going to marry. And, and many times, worldly hope is, I sure hope so which means it could happen, maybe it won't happen. But that's not Bible hope. You know, like if I go and, and I buy a lottery ticket, I hope that I win. Well, I may win, I may not, right? But that's not Bible hope. The word hope in the Bible means a joyous, confident expectation. It... When, when you're hoping for something, you are filled with joy and you're confidently expecting that it will happen because God said it, right? It's not, it may happen, it may not. No, no, no. If God said, no, it will happen, right? It will happen. The only one that could stop it from ever happening is you if you choose not to believe it right? Not the enemy. He can't stop anything from coming to you. You, you and I do. Can we, can we be adults tonight, right? Because we got to get this. Now faith is the substance. It's the confidence. It's the realization. This Greek word means it is the ground of things hoped for, Okay? You could say it this way, now faith is the confidence of things that I'm expecting. It's, faith is the confidence. Faith is the ground for those things that I'm completely expecting to happen in my life. What do I mean by that? Remember Mark chapter 11. What things soever you desire, right? Verse 24. When you pray, what do you do? You believe that you receive them, you believe you seize hold of them, and you shall have them. What does that mean? You seize hold of something through faith. Faith is the ground, it's the confidence that I have. I have what he said he gave me. I have it right now. And because I have it right now, what that means, when I believe I receive, at some time in the future, I will have it in this realm. 
Okay? So let's keep, let's keep going with this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence. This word evidence means the proof of things not seen. So do you see how people talk about, well, I'm just wavering in my faith. That's impossible. Because faith is the proof that you already have what you can't see. What the, this Greek word of things not seen, you could say it this way, of things not perceived by your senses. Faith is, my faith, the mere fact, faith, how does faith come? Remember we spent a lot of time on this. It comes by hearing God's word. When you hear on the inside and you get revelation knowledge, wait a minute, by his stripes I was healed. If I was, then I am. Right? So now sickness, you got to get out of my body because I'm, I'm the healed. Right? He was made poor so that I through his poverty, where? On the cross, would be made rich, full and overflowing supply. Father, I thank you that I'm rich. I'm calling those things which be not as though they were. Right? Why am I saying that? Because that's what God said. That's the language of faith. We'll talk about that. So faith comes, and it's, it's literally the proof that I have what I can't see with my senses right now. And the world goes, that's crazy. No, no, no. The world's upside down. When you come to Christ, right, he turns your world right side up. The whole world is upside down. The whole world is saying, I'll believe it when I see it. God's saying, no, no, it doesn't work like that. Right? Because, see, God's the creator. Everything that we see, the Bible says, was made by things that can't be seen with your natural eye. Everything. Isn't that amazing? Right? Maybe he knows something we don't. So the literal meaning of this, of this Hebrew 11.1 1, now faith is the confidence of things that I'm expecting. Faith is the proof that I already have what I can't perceive with my senses. Faith is. Okay? You could say it this way. Now faith gives confidence or gives substance to the things that I'm expecting. Well, why am I expecting them? Because God said he gave them to me, right? Faith is the proof that I have these things that I cannot see. I can't perceive them with my senses. And see, that's why if you talk to people that are struggling in faith, they think they're struggling in faith, but they will say things like this. This is just, I really thought this was God. God led me to do this, but it's just not working out, right? And people get very frustrated with that. Why? Because you're not taking thoughts captive, and what's happening is all of a sudden, you are starting to look, you are starting to look in the seen realm to determine if something's, if you have it, but you can't. You'll never see it in the seen realm that way. That's not the way faith works. Now, just hang with me. 
Whenever you teach on Hebrews 11.1, 1, I've sat for decades. Brother Hagen, Keith Moore, some great teachers, and I would sit there, and I'm like, okay. All right, got notes, man. Smoke coming off my pen, right? I got it. Okay, I got this. And then he'd say something else. Darn it. I don't, what, what did he say? No, that makes no sense. Nope, just stay with me. You're, you'll get it. Because here's the cool thing. We all have the one on the inside who knows everything. And he's the teacher, and he'll help you. The Amplified Classic says it a wonderful way. It brings out some of these parenthetical definitions in the Greek. It says, now faith is the assurance. Now faith is the confirmation. Now faith is the title deed of the things we hope for. Faith is the title deed. So when you believe that you receive, you grab hold of it. It's the title deed, right? If you have the title deed to your car that you're driving, you don't have to see the car to know that you have a car, right? If you have the paperwork that says, my house is paid for, you don't have to, you don't get stressed out when you come to church and you're sitting in here and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I sure hope I have a house when I get home. No, right? Now faith is the assurance, it's the confirmation, it's the title deed of things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see. Now faith is the proof of things that I don't see. And the conviction of their reality. Faith is the proof of things that I can't perceive with my senses. Faith is the conviction of their reality. Faith is the conviction of the reality that I'm healed. And now sickness, you must leave my body. Satan, you got to take your hands off my, off my physical body. Satan, you got to take your hands off my finances. Faith, faith is the proof that I have what I can't see. And it's the conviction of the reality. Look at this. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not yet revealed to my senses. Faith perceiving as real fact what I can't see with my senses. See, this is why the Bible says things like this. There is joy and peace in believing. Well, now wait a minute, Pastor. You're upsetting me. I've been believing God. No. No. You've been wavering. You've had some moments of believing him. But what happened? Why do you waver? This is what it is. If this is, this is all that people are doing, this is what people are doing. If, if this is Jesus, I'm in faith. Not in faith. In faith, not in faith. But if I look here long enough, I kind of, man, this stinks. Right? Then you come back to church, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, this is real. 
and then you pick it up a little bit. But then 19 emails later, 400 cute little things on Facebook, right? 19 hours of football, right? Or if you're really masochistic, nine hours of news, right? Will suck the faith out of you, right? But here's the cool thing. If you get your eyes off the Lord, just get your eyes back on the Lord. Because if you get out of faith, just get back in faith. And as you're learning these things, all of a sudden, if you start, I mean, because the enemy gets really loud, right? And all of a sudden, a bill collector calls you and that becomes really loud. And they're like, listen, you owe us $1,200 and guess what? I'll make you a deal. If you could pay me $1,195 today, I'll just wipe that out because I'm such a nice guy. And you're like, wait a minute. Right? Well, can I just pay you $20? And no, 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 no. Right? That could get very loud. Here's a real loud one. The tumor got bigger. We did your blood work. And this, this is, this, the, your blood work's worse. Here's a real loud one. You bend over and your back goes out. Right? This is why the Bible says the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in his infirmity. See, guys, this is what Satan does not want you to know. You are not made to walk by sight. Everything within you knows you can believe your father. But what happens is we just get distracted. We're just busy. We're running all over the place. And, and because... We've heard some nonsense preached, right? Now listen, you don't, it doesn't, you don't have to sit in a church that preaches nonsense to hear nonsense anymore, right? I, I mean, it, it's amazing. When I was 17 years old, we moved from Illinois to Southern California, right? So on, when I got to California... Family stuff kind of blew up. My parents moved to Central California. I lived on my own in Southern California. I was still in high school. And like within a very short period of time, literally, I think we hit like about November. But by January, this guy in a grocery store invited me to go to church with him. And like the following week, I'm in this church and all of a sudden my life changed forever. I found the call of God in my life and all this other stuff. And so... I don't even know, I was listening to one of the Christian radio stations and they talked about this church. Now I'm from Illinois. First of all, I can't even understand what anybody's talking about. You know, they're do this and that, you know, all the slang for the beach and you're like, what? Because you're from Illinois. You go, to, you go to high school and it's weird. Your lockers are outside. Are, are you kidding me, right? And then you have interesting people in high school. You know, Illinois, the high schools were kind of hard, a little bit harder. California, you fog a mirror, you could graduate, right? I mean, I literally had a class reading for enjoyment, reading for enjoyment. Are you kidding me, right? I walked into my economics class my last semester, and my teacher was stand doing a handstand, and he was talking to the class on his hands, 
and his bicycle was in the class. And I'm like, you just don't see this, you know? But it was just, it was just real different. And so I hear this advertisement about this Christian concert at Melodyland Church across the street from Disneyland. And I'm like, of course it is. <laughs> Melodyland Church across from Disneyland. Okay. So I go, right? And man, I go to this concert and this, this young lady comes out with a guitar and she sits on a little stool and, and a guy's back over here on, the, on a, 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 a grand piano and they start singing and I'm like just weeping for three hours. And I'm like, wow, that was Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith, you know? And, and that was the first, and after that, I walked out of there going, I'll never listen to secular music again. That was 1980, like, like early in the year. Do you know I could be in a restaurant today and I hear a song, right? From Kansas, Foreigner, Sticks. I'll be funny. The Bee Gees, yikes, right? Right? The Beach Boys. And, and I still know the words. But I never, I never even listened to that stuff. But I heard it enough working out in the gym, going places, that it just sticks with you. That's the way some of this nonsense that sometimes God heals, sometimes he blesses, sometimes he doesn't, all that stuff kind of sticks with you. And all of a sudden you're like, I just don't know if I could trust God. So if you want to walk by faith, you have to come to a place where you make a decision. I am choosing. God, this is your word. This is my final authority. If there's anything not working in this word, I know it's me and not you. I'm... I'm and I make a decision to believe that. And I'm going to believe that you are good all the time and that your mercy endures forever. Amen. And that you are a God that never lies and only loves me and only has good for me. And now, I don't know how to do any of this, but you said you put your spirit in me, so that's good enough for me. Amen. Right? Boy, if you'll do that, it'll change your life. Now, I wasn't planning on going into all that stuff, but this is tripping Christians up, right? And they'll hear from Christian friends that they know, right? You're, you're believing God for something, and then you run into 19 Christians that will tell you why that's not God's will, right? you got to be careful with all that stuff. His word is truth. So, now faith, is the assurance, it's the confirmation, it's the title deed of things that we hope for. Faith is the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith, perceiving as a real fact what is not revealed to my senses. I don't have to see it, I don't have to feel it to know that I have it. Okay? And you've been made to walk this way. It's just your flesh that's distracting you. Right? When you say you're mad at God, all you're saying is you're living out of your flesh. Because your spirit's not mad at God. 
Your spirit would never blame the Lord, right? Never. So you guys, all of us are 99% there right now. You just have to make a decision to step into this and walking by faith, it's not hard, it's actually a rest. What's hard is trying to look at a world system and look at natural things and figure out how to make it work. Because it, everything you see is subject to change all the time, right? The New American Standard Bible of this verse says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. See, when you're in faith and all hell is trying to talk you out of something, you have this big time conviction on the inside of you because you have revelation knowledge that my father has provided this for me. Oh, don't try to put this sickness stuff on me because I know that sickness was put in the body of Jesus on that cross. Don't try to put poverty and lack on me because poverty and lack, he was made poor. He was made to bear that curse so that I could walk free from it. Don't try to put fear, depression, anxiety on me because it was already on him. I mean, think of Jesus. You talk about strong. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when he, I believe, came to the full revelation of, that, of what it was going to mean for him to be made to bear all of our sin, it said that the blood capillaries under his skin burst and he was sweating like blood. Do you know most cases people would die under that kind of physical stress? But when he said, Father, if there's any way we could redeem man without me going through this, if there's any way, Father, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And when he stood up from that garden, it was over. He went from sweat and blood to victorious, victorious, conquering king, so much so that when 300 to 600 fully armed Roman soldiers came and Judas kissed him on the cheek and they came up and asked him, are you Jesus of Nazareth? He said, there was so much power, he said, I am. And they all got slain because there was so much power and he went to that cross. I mean, he went to the cross. Yeah, physically he was beaten. But man, even standing before Pilate, he's like, listen, no man takes my life. I'll lay it down and I'll pick it back up. Now fast forward for three hours on the cross. When his father departed from him. Read some of that in the Psalms. It was like your waves beat over me. Man, if you've ever been in the ocean caught in a riptide, you know what that means. You're like, wow, I could die here. And all of a sudden, he's yelling out this power under perfect control. When he is bearing the weight of everything and his father deserts him, he's like, my God, my God, why have you deserted me? Right? But then after that was over, he comes back. I mean, it's going to be Mother's Day Sunday. Here he is, 
at the very end. Right? Mother, mom, Mary, behold your son, John. John, behold your mother. In other words, hey, before I leave here, John, listen, take care of my mom. Mom, he's going to take care of you. He's thinking about his mom. Isn't that cool? Right? And then he's like, it's finished. And I'm telling you, Satan was finished. There was so much power when he gave up. The Bible says he gave up his spirit. He said, it's finished. I'm out of here. He had a full revelation on that cross in all that pain. He had a full revelation that it's over. It's paid for. It's done. I could leave now. And when he came out of that physical body, man, people, people came out of graves the veil was torn, earthquakes. I mean, there was crazy stuff happening. And, that, and now we're his kids. You've been raised to newness of life. You can walk by faith. Amen. You can lay hold of everything that God says he's given you. The New, England the New English translation says this, now faith is being sure of what we hope for. Being convinced of what we do not see. When you're in faith, you're totally convinced of what I don't see. I don't have to see the money to know I have it. I don't have to see the healing to know I have it. Okay? Moffat's translation. Now, faith means that we are confident for what we hope for. We are convinced of what we do not see. So faith is a confidence. Faith is a conviction, right? This is not something that wavers. And faith has absolutely nothing to do with your feelings or your emotions. You have got to know that. You are a world overcomer, whether you believe it or whether you're not. Now, whether you'll walk as a world overcomer, you're going to have to believe it and you're going to have to walk on and act on it. Does that make sense? Faith does not ever ignore a circumstance. We are not Christian scientists. We don't walk around saying, I'm not sick. Right? No, no. Faith doesn't call things that are as though they're not. I don't walk around saying, I don't have a sinus infection. I walk around saying I'm healed. So sinus infection, you have to leave my body. Faith never denies a circumstance. Never. Faith denies the circumstances right to remain in my life. Right? You can't have my kids. You can't have my grandkids period, right? I have been given all the authority in the name of Jesus. Satan, you have none. Little demons that are under his control, principalities, powers, I'm seated so far above you. Now, it might not look like it naturally, but guess what? They don't see naturally. They see, a, they see you standing in the armor of God. Who do they see? They see you in Christ, in Jesus, right? 
So let's look at this. Faith acknowledges that there is a higher power, a higher authority, God's word that can change whatever I'm facing. Faith doesn't deny the circumstances, the symptoms. Faith acknowledges there's a higher power, there's a higher authority that can change what I'm facing. He makes a way where there is no way. He opens doors that no man can shut. He shuts doors that no man can open. He always causes you to triumph. He always gives you the victory. That's Bible. I love that. So Hebrews 11, 1 again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now look at this. Faith is the evidence or the proof of things not seen or not perceived by our senses. So let's look at that part of it. Faith is the evidence or the proof of things that are not perceived by me, by my senses right now. So an example of this, you hope for finances to meet a financial obligation. Faith gives you the assurance that you will have the money when you need it because it is written, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4.19. Do you see that? That's what we're talking about. Faith will only say what the word says. Right? Faith will say, my father only has good and perfect things for me. As a matter of fact, everything that comes from him is good and perfect. That word perfect literally means complete. Because what do we do as Christians? We start to think about, well, am I just being a little bit too high maintenance here? I mean, I really don't really need this. I, maybe I could just settle. No, faith never settles. No. No, your father gives you the best. And he can, right? Do you see how many people have trouble with that, though? Because things aren't happening. They're really not in faith. They think they are. And because they're not, they're not. See, it's not what you believe. It's who you believe and whom you believe. That's why we always talk about this is about relationship. All God wants you to do is get to know him so that you can trust him. So that you can become fully persuaded that whatever he says is absolute truth. Right? He has the best for you. Don't cut yourself short. Don't dumb God down to your experience. He's able, what does the Bible say? He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. That means when he brings something into your life, for the next however long, you're going, wow, that's awesome. Five years later, wow, that's awesome. Right? I mean, I think of my wife. Almost 34 years I've known her. Almost. Wow. I'm still seeing things going, 
I'm so glad that I, I didn't listen to that one guy that, you know, I went to this meeting and he was talking to single people about how to believe God for a mate. And he went all into this whole thing about making a list. And for three hours at my house, I was sitting in my apartment with a, with a pen. And I mean, I had like three or four pages of stuff. I'm trying, and I'm trying to think of more stuff, right? Because he's like, you know, you got to make a list of everything. And then you just, you start, you start praying in the spirit and you let God just tailor it down. And, and, and after about three hours, I mean, my spirit is going, what are you doing? Right? Dude, you are like 22 years old. You don't even know what you need. I ripped it all up and just said, Father, listen, this is, way, this is wearing me out. I'm just believing that you're going to bring this person into my life that I need. And oh, he sure did. Y'all pray for Jeanette, but you know, it, it's been a good thing for me. Faith will only say everything that the word says. See, faith in God is simply faith in his word. You can never separate God from his word. See, many of us, are, and, and really all of us, our flesh wants it this way. They want to get something and then believe they've got it. Right? See, when you're in faith, when it actually materializes, you're like, okay, next. Right? Because you're, you're, you're just next. You're thankful. See, many people want to get something and then believe they've got it. But if you have to believe you receive or seize hold of something, see, that's the only way you ever get it. You've got to seize hold of something you can't see in order to have it. So if you're waiting till you get it to believe it, that it's back, that's backwards. And here's the deal. You will never truly know that God's word is good until you hear it down on the inside of you. Until then, all of a sudden, you believe it, right? And then you act on it. You'll never know God's word. Notice I didn't say you'll never know God's word until you believe it and then you see it in your life. Then you'll know God's word is, is, is good. No, no. No, you don't have to see it. When you hear it, believe it, and act on it, then you will know God's word is good. Right? So here is, this is deep. Okay, you guys ready for this? This is like Pastor Tony deep. The number one, by far, hindrance to walking and living by faith, number one, is walking by sight. Isn't that deep? That's just deep, right? If you're walking by sight, guess what? You're not walking by faith. If you're looking in the natural to see if this thing is really working or not, you're looking in the wrong place, right? Look at what 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 It says, while we look not at the things which are seen. Now this word, this phrase, look not in the Greek means I don't compare and consider 
the things which are seen while I refuse to look at and compare and consider the things that I see. Right? But then it says, but at the things which are not seen. So what do I look at as a believer? I always look at what I can't see. What can't you see? All the promises of God. You can't perceive those with your senses, and that's what you always look at. In other words, you always fix your eyes on the promises of God, which is fixing your eyes on Jesus, never on what you can see. You should learn this phrase. Satan, you don't know how much I don't care. Here's another one. That does not move me. Right? You get a bad report. It looks like it's going the wrong way. You just declare, Father, that doesn't move me. Right? It doesn't move me at all. You are who move me. Right? It says here, for the things which are seen are temporal. That means that in the Greek language, it means they are subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. In the Greek language, it means they are not subject to change. Wow. See, walking by sight, we call this sense, knowledge, reasoning. Right? I'm, it's, it's, I'm gaining knowledge from my senses, and that's what I'm reasoning all these things out. That will wear you out. Because you're to walk by faith. The things that we see or perceive with our senses will mess us up. I don't know how else to say that. So in other words, faith deals with things not seen and not yet in this realm. Okay? If you see it in this realm, you don't have faith for it, you know it. It's it's yours. But faith always deals with things that you can't see and things that are not yet seen in this realm. Okay? If you can see it, it's not faith. If you're believing God for $100, guess what? You can be in faith right up until the $100 comes into your life. Then it's no longer faith because you see it. Faith only deals in the unseen, the unperceivable with your senses. Are you starting to get this now? If you're judging anything, so Satan will try to go, hey, 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 like, like with Eve, look at the tree, Eve, look at the, surely God didn't say this. Hey, by the way, did you notice how good this fruit looks? I think this fruit could maybe make you wise. Oh, you know, really, God, he's kind of hanging out, he's kind of holding out on you. He knows if you eat this, you're going to be like him. Right? All these half-truths. We shouldn't even be looking at that. Eve should have looked at Satan and said, shut up and get out. You have no authority here. And that's what you should do. You should tell your flesh, I'm not looking at that. That doesn't move me. 
right? Satan throws a thought, you don't know how much I don't care. It is written, it is written, it is written, right? See, people, let me give you an example. People see sickness in their body and they try to, now this is big, they try to apply faith to what they see. But you must apply faith to what you don't see. Now you've got to really think about this. People will see something in the natural and they try to apply their faith. A lack of money. I try to apply my faith to that. No, no, no. You don't apply the, your faith to things you could see. You apply your faith to things you can't see. So I don't walk around thinking about my sickness. I walk around speaking about what the word says. I, I apply faith. You know how we said faith deals with things you don't see. So don't apply your faith to things you could see. Well, pastor, you have to. No, you don't. You don't walk around saying I'm not sick. You walk around saying you're healed. Faith looks at the word. It never looks at the circumstances. If you want to see a report to, that would tell you if you're healed or not, go to the word of God. Isaiah 53.1, it starts out, the great redemptive chapter, who will believe the report? And to whom will the arm of the Lord be revealed? In other words, the manifest power of God is revealed to those that believe the report, this report. Satan, Satan will get a believer, okay, yeah, I'm going in for my checkup. Pray, every, all you guys, pray for me that I get, that, that when they do those tests, they come back okay. You're applying faith to what you can see. Right? No, 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 apply your faith to what you can't see. What do I mean by that? I'm applying my faith to he sent his word and healed me. All of his benefits are he forgives all my iniquities, he heals all my diseases. I'm applying my faith to that. That's how things get eradicated out of your body. Did you see that? Again, faith does not call things that are as though they're not. That's not the language of faith. Faith doesn't walk around saying, I don't have a knee problem. I don't have a knee problem. No, faith walks around saying, in the name of Jesus, I'm healed. So knee, you got to come in line. And Father, I thank you that your healing power right now is working and it's fixing my knee. Because Jesus bore this so I don't have to. Does that make sense? To live by faith, we must look at the unseen truths of God's word. See, unbelief is operating in what you can see and what you can feel. Unbelief operates according to the natural realm. Faith operates according to the spirit realm, what you can't see. Right? Faith is a lifestyle, and faith is a choice. It's a choice. So we got to talk about this just a little bit. You guys doing okay? Can you take a couple more minutes? It would help me if we could go a couple more minutes here. So I don't explode later, right? There's a relationship between faith and hope. Faith is not hope. Hope is not faith. 
right? Faith, though, must have hope attached to it. See, faith cannot be hope because they're two different things. If you're taking notes in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, and now abideth faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. They're three separate things, even though they all work together. Faith works by love and is attached to hope. But faith and hope are not the same thing. Faith is always now. Hope is always future. Always. Okay? Hope has no substance. Faith gives substance to what you're hoping for. And remember, when we say hope, we mean expectation. If not, it may happen, it may not. No, no. Bible hope is I'm expecting it to happen. It has no substance right now, but I'm expecting it to happen because God already gave it to me. And I will see it in this realm. Isn't this good news? As you sit here tonight, do you realize everything in your life right now that does not look like what the Bible says your life should look like has no legal right and it has to leave? And you literally have been given a measure of the faith of God you have the Spirit of God in you that will tell you all the things that you were freely given to him by God. You have the Spirit of God in you to bring revelation knowledge of this word so that you can hear it, so that faith can come and you could stand in faith. You have everything you need right now. Yeah, but pastor, I just don't, you say that so, you know, I just don't get all of it. You don't have to, you don't have to get uh, an understanding of how diabetes works or cancer. You don't have to know any of that to walk free from it. Hope ceases when it becomes present tense. When the thing that you're expecting because God said he gave it to you shows up and you see it in this realm, it's no longer hope, it's now. Right? Right? Hope has no substance. Hope is always future. Hope ceases when it becomes present tense. And hope is not a receiver. It doesn't, it's not a receiver. Faith is a receiver. Hope says this, I will have it sometime in the future. What does faith say? I have it now. See, that's how come... When you believe, you receive. See, it's the exciting part is when you gain revelation knowledge that what you're believing for is God's will. Wait a minute, he gave that to me. Wow. And faith will say, when I believe, I receive. Faith says, I have it now. I have it now. Faith always says it that way. John Wesley, you know, the guy who started the whole Methodist denomination, John Wesley, had. there's a quote that I love from him. He said this, The devil has given the church a substitute for faith which looks and sounds so much like faith that some people can't tell the difference. And Charles, uh, or John Wesley calls this mental assent. Right? 
this mental ascent is acknowledging and agreeing and in your mind that God's word is true, but that will not get the job done. The Bible says in Romans 10.10, for with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Agreeing with my head says this, I know God's word is true. I know God promises me healing, but for some reason, I just can't get it. I, don't, I can't understand it. Faith doesn't say that. Faith says, I have it. It's mine. I have it right now. Real faith in God's word will say this. If God's word says it, then it's so. It is mine. I have it now. I have it when I cannot see it, when I cannot feel it. I don't care about those things. I have it. What am I saying? You have to take, this is the step. You have to take the step of believing to come to the place of knowing. Do you know how many people are going to split hell wide open because they refuse to take the step of believing? And that's why they never come to the place of knowing. There's many believers that will go home early or they will go and they will never lay hold of things that God has promised them because they just can't stop going by what they're feeling, by what they're seeing on the outside. And God is saying, come on, get your eyes on me, right? It's, we do this with our grandkids. Come here, because you know, if, if you've ever, I mean, kids, they're just, you know, and you have to just reel them in. I mean, you could raise your voice and it doesn't even affect them. They don't even hear. But you got to reel them. Come here. Come here. Grab their face. Okay, now, hold on. Are, are, you, are you got your eyes on me? Yes, Papa. Right, okay. We're not going to do this anymore. Yes, Papa. Right? And then, of course, they never do it again. No, 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 no. They're just like us. They're just like us. They get back in faith, and they're like, okay, I'm faith man. Three, three minutes later, God the Father's going, okay, come here. Come here. Tony, come here. Come here now. Okay, do I have your attention? Here, let me, let me put my hands on your head. Look at me. Look at me. That's what the Holy Spirit down on the inside. This is, this is what's happening. He's down on the inside. He's saying, okay, come here, Tony. Look at Jesus. Look at him. And, and I'm like, no, 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 Tony. No, no, look, look. That's why we must learn to submit to him. Submission to authority is so important. Because if you don't submit to the authorities in your life naturally, it's revealing that you're not submitted to him. And see, what he does, he's gracious. He's trying to go, come on, come on, just calm down. Look at me. Look at what it says. I will always cause you to triumph in Christ. Tony, look at me. I know, I know all around you it doesn't look like this, but I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're not plans of evil. They're good plans, right? I mean, that's what God will do to you. This is The walk of faith is a walk of intimacy. He's not a father that slaps you. Hey, 
Tony, bam, right? Pay attention. Man, I'd be a billionaire if I had a, a, a dollar for every time my mom or my dad said, pay attention, right? But here, the way God is, he's with you, and he's like, come here. Jesus is like, listen, I know what you're feeling. I felt what you're feeling, but you don't have to give in to that. Tony, you're so much stronger in me than you are in yourself. Don't try to be strong in yourself, right? You must take the step of believing to come to the place of knowing. See, many want to know it first and then believe it. They want to know it from the standpoint it has to come to pass, but real faith in God's word knows it from the standpoint that God's word says it. So it is so, right? God words, God's word said it, so it is so. And when you're in that place, you'll see it in this realm. You will. Because God watches over his word to perform it. Right? So it's simply wrong thinking, wrong believing, and wrong speaking that defeats people. If you've ever been defeated in your life, it's because wrong thinking, wrong believing, and wrong speaking every time for all of us. Satan cannot defeat you unless you permit, unless you permit him to do so. And what is that? That's literally the consent of ignorance, right? In other words, you really defeat yourself. But here's the cool thing. If you've ever defeated yourself, I don't want a show of hands because we all have. Guess what? It's not over. Just pick it back up. Because what he's given you in Christ, even though that maybe you failed to pick it up in the past, it's still yours. So just pick it up. If it's, behold, I make all things new, yeah, it's yours. Right? God has given us his word. Why? To get our thinking straightened out. And this is what causes our believing to be right. See, if our thinking and our believing are right, then guess what? Our speaking will be right. Right? Real faith in God simply says about oneself what the word says. What do I mean by that? I am and you are who the word says you are. Amen. Right? I have and you have what the word of God says you have. I can do and you can do what the word says you can do. Period. Right? Real faith is built on God's word. So what do we do? We meditate on God's word. When we meditate on God's word, God's word becomes a part of us. You know how, you know how I said this? You can never separate God from his word. You, got, you are to walk to where you never separate yourself from God's word. See, the word of God will build into your spirit confidence and assurance. The word will do that. You don't have to do that. 
if you're in a place where you don't really trust him right now, meditate in the word of God and the word will become part of you. And the word on, that's becoming part of you will build that confidence and assurance that if he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. If he's ever done it for one person, he'll do it for all of us. Amen?